0: John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Roman
1: Reigns, and The Undertaker comes to mind. But one name, one name has gone through generation after generation. That is everybody's brother, Hulk Hogan. I remember growing up, I had a couple hand-me-down toys from my aunts and uncles at my grandma's house. And one of them my uncle had left me was a Galoob Hulk Hogan. I didn't watch wrestling growing up. I didn't know about Hulk Hogan until I was almost my teens. And to see that he has a part of my childhood still, it's incredible to think like how many people know Hogan and love Hogan or know about his career or, if you're like me, just had one little action figure growing up. From the 80s up to the mid-90s, Hulk Hogan would be the big face of the WWF. Hogan would get fans behind him and have kids drinking their milk, eating their veggies, and taking their vitamins.
2: What's going on guys? It's your favorite pod star himself. It's your boy Breezy, aka Street Breezes, riding hard for the boys from AEZ. Coming here to talk to you just a little bit today about my favorite wrestler growing up, the immortal one himself, Hulk Hogan. Now, If you were born in the 80s or the 90s, and you're going to tell me that you were not a Hulkamaniac growing up, well, then, brother, Breezy just can't trust you. I mean, when we're going all the way back to his immaculate first title run from when he beat the Iron Sheik, you know, running all the way hard to the rock and wrestling connection with Mr. T to form the very first ever WrestleMania. He was a pivotal part of that. Moving all the way down to the biggest... At the time, which was WrestleMania 3, against the Eighth Wonder of the World himself, Andre the Giant. I mean, the Silver Dome, not the Superdome, was electric, and that record stood for damn near thirty plus years. I mean, even when he was out of the title picture, ooh, yeah, when he went with the Macho Man Randy Savage and the and they touched, and the Mega Powers, yeah. The Mega Powers, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. They had that that uh, run from WrestleMania 4 all the way to WrestleMania 5. What happened to WrestleMania 5? The Mega Powers exploded! But Hogan got his belt back. All our all our uh, dreams were back on track for all you little hulks who are saying your prayers, training, and eating your vitamins. Then... The toughest test to date. We moved on to the Sky Dome. It was the ultimate challenge. The Immortal and himself versus the Ultimate Warrior. Title for title. And what happened? A lot of Hulkamaniac's dreams were crushed that night. Because Ultimate Warrior beat our hero. one, two, three in the ring. But was that the end of Hogan? No sir, because... Our boy got that belt back from that dastardly Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania 7. Took that thing on all the way to the WrestleMania 8. He wasn't the champion, unfortunately. He should have been. It should have been Hogan and Flair. It wasn't. Time goes on. We go to WrestleMania 9. He ends up snaking the belt from Yokozuna. And a finish to this day I still don't understand. But what I'm trying to say here is your boy Breezy will always be a true-blooded Hulkamaniac. And what you gonna do, brother?
1: After having one of the most dominant runs in professional wrestling history, Hulk Hogan would jump ship to WCW. There, he would do the most controversial heel turn of all professional wrestling. Hogan would turn heel and join the NWO.
0: The heel turn of Hulk Hogan is very expected because... uh... Biggest babyface in all of wrestling you'll probably ever see as Hulk Hogan uh, was a face his entire career. And then uh, at first in WCW he didn't want to do it because he has always been a face and uh, that's just a character that he had always done. But they presented the idea of him doing a Hollywood Hulk Hogan and him joining forces with the Paul Nash. Which at first, not many, not many people know this, but it was actually supposed to be Sting. Who's going to be joining Holland Nash? But they needed it to be a WWE guy because Holland Nash were the outsiders, uh, which coming from WWE, is they're a reference into. That's the only big name they could really make it work. Um, And then they formed the NWO. The NWO lasted pretty good at first, uh, but then you know, Hogan joined, the first big one, then they had Randy Savage joined, then Lex Luger joined, and then uh, Miss so Elizabeth joined, and then uh, basically the entire roster was NWO except a few others, uh, and then there was LWO then, uh, the Wolfpack NWO they had so many NWO, NWO, NWO stuff that it just made... Made the entire product kind of watered down, not watered down, I would say, but very uh, old. After a while I got old seeing NW NWO, NWO, NW because NW, NW. you already know what to expect, cause, like they would always win. Uh, every big match they were in, like they would always win. So uh, I think the NWO probably should have just consisted of Hall, Nash, Hogan, and maybe X-Pac and that was it. They shouldn't have added uh, the entire roster
1: but uh, yeah that's my uh, take on that though the nwo would show to have power on screen behind the scenes hulk hogan would have in his contract creative freedom but that also entails all control of his booking the question remains how many wrestlers that were up and coming did hulk hogan sabotage because he didn't want to put them over
3: well you want to talk about hulk hogan having too much power in wcw well i'll tell you this uh it's well known that i've never been a fan of hulk hogan and for good reason his wcw run uh, he had pretty much creative control with his contract meaning that he could pretty much do whatever the hell he wanted to you know, making sure that he kept himself into in the title picture. Now, at this time, Hook was, I guess, at, I guess in the WCW, he was the quote unquote golden boy of WCW. Uh, in some eyes, in some people's eyes, uh, but to me, you, you know, he's always been kind of a greedy, money grubbing sob. But hey, that's my opinion. I think that was probably one of the one of the worst things about WCW at the time was all the power that Hulk Hogan had because uh, pretty much, you know, like I said, he always made sure that he was always around the title. You know, uh, he made sure that it, it was always about him. You know, it was like no, no matter what happened. And, and the thing is, you can go look back on this, and you you will see that it was all about Hulk Hogan. You know, it was in his contract, brother, so to speak. But that was probably the worst times in WCW history, right there. Was you know uh, the reign of terror that uh, Hulk Hogan had at the time. Uh, did he have too much power? Absolutely. Uh, I felt like it, you know he kind of he kind of pushed other people down the card while he pushed himself up in a way. Um, but like I said, that's my opinion, uh, and uh, that's all I'd say about that. Hulk
0: Hogan, a eh? well, technically, I do not know. Well, I know some about Hulk Hogan. When I first uh, seen Hulk Hogan was around 2002, when him and the NWO came back. But way bef- in 2002, but way before um, way before he made his WWE return um. He did, he was in WCW at the time and and his control and all that, well, what I can say is I just hope that Hoko can give some uh, advice and inspiration and maybe some motivations in there to the younger talent, though, who are growing up to, fix, to be in, the, well, the, as WCW would say, the big boys. And in conclusion what you gonna do when hulk hogan back at wcw and returning to the wwe in 2002 run wild on you
1: hogan's actions coming to light he would soon be asked to testify against vincent kennedy mcmahon during the steroid trial one of vince's trusted golden geese would soon turn on his master, and would testify against him in court.
4: Hello, this is Justin from AEZ Canada. Um, and I'm here right now to talk about the, the steroid trial. Um, Well, this guy right here was off filming such films as, Mr. Nanny and great TV shows such as Thunder in Paradise, Vince McMahon of the WWF were embarking in probably, at that point, the greatest steroid trial controversy, maybe in professional sports at the time. Um, would Vince McMahon go to jail? Um, what would it mean for Paul Hogan, who... I think that was nowhere to be seen. Um, what would it do to change the business forever? Um, wrestling, especially in the 80s, was about physiques and steroids, obviously, being a huge part of that. Um, at the end of the day, Vince McMahon was found not guilty. We, there started to be a a less emphasis on... The big guys, and we go towards more sports-oriented. Um, it kind of changed wrestling forever. I'm good or bad.
1: Though Hogan would be known as everybody's favorite brother, the biggest baby face in WWF history. The question remains: Did Hulk Hogan have too much power? How many wrestlers did he set back just to get the money, the fame? Was he really like his NWO counterpart? Or was it just he was just that damn good? Alright everybody, thank you guys so much for coming out to Talking Elite. This is Dark Side of the Elite Zone, episode 4 of our 5-part series. And tonight, gentlemen, we have a very, very wild episode Hogan Mania is running through the All Lead Zone podcast because tonight's episode is on the immortal one, Hulk Hogan. So, tonight I am joined by two of the biggest hearts in podcasting. We have everybody's favorite OG. He is the Mr. Colorado. He is five star Mr. Jacobs.
3: Hello, hello all. Hello, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am excited to be talking about this. Uh, anytime I get to talk trash about Hulk Hogan, I am 100% down. So thank you for having me here.
1: Well, you are in luck tonight because at first when I was trying to look up ideas to write the episode, right? I was thinking, okay, we'll just tell him about his career, talk about the bad stuff. But then thanks to um, a very controversial podcast out there, The Jim Cornette Experience. I found a whole list of lies that Hulk Hogan has said throughout the years. So it's going to be a very interesting podcast. That's why I'm so glad Mr. Jacobs is on here because we need we need somebody that's like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's bury the Hulkster. Let's bury him <laughs> like he did to Bret Hart.
3: Nothing wrong with that.
1: <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on tonight, Mr. Jacobs. Love having you. Next, we have the producer. He is the ringleader of the circus. He is everybody's favorite CM Punk fan. We have Connor. Thank you so much for coming on, Connor. Are you with us, Connor? Yeah, you're good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, Yes, good to be on. Uh, This should be a very interesting uh, episode of Talking Elite, or probably in general of this entire podcast. Uh, We've done a few WCW reactions, and – You've seen those, you can kind of get where this is going to go. This is more in detail. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is way more in detail than any Ghost live reaction. So it's a uh, great beyond. Well, good.
1: I'm glad to have both you guys. Like I said, uh, tonight's episode is on the Hulkster. So the first big lie that he told that I, I, part of it was true, but the other half was just a piss off Macho Man. Did you guys know that he was an all-American baseball player?
3: Well, I know he played baseball, but uh, all-American, all I don't know. But I know, he, I know he was a hell of a baseball player. Yeah. I do know that.
1: And was just he, to rub-
0: an he, yeah, was he was an all-American.
1: Yeah, he was. He wasn't. He was a, an all-American baseball player. But the lie that he told Macho Man just to p- piss him off because Macho Man was this close to getting into the major leagues before he started wrestling. Yeah. Was he got scouted by a couple major league baseball teams?
0: <laughs> that's
3: hundred <laughs> percent false.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was like, "There's no way." Like, especially because I think Macho Man was a better baseball player, and I'm like, "That was yeah. just for Hulk Hogan just to to rub salt in the wound." I know it wasn't completely as messed up as some of the other stuff that's gonna happen in this episode, mm-hmm. but I just thought that was like the funniest. Like first. First big lie that he told, at least during the WBF time frame. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that
3: you're right. I, I personally I feel the same way. Like he did that just to get to Macho, just to piss him off. And I mean, it, you look at history, I mean history shows that. I mean, Macho Man was he never really liked Hulk Hogan. He never liked him at all. He did business with him. He didn't yeah. like him at all.
1: Well, and also it helped too. There's also rumors about his cheating scandal
3: with Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. That did not help him. No. I mean, geez. I mean, admittedly, Macho Man was a very jealous human being. But at the same time, Hulk Hogan didn't make anything any better. You know, he didn't make it better at all because of the fact that, I mean, you look back at the storyline between those two, okay? You know, the match. I remember the match when Elizabeth got hurt. Hulk Hogan went and took her to the back and left Macho Man hanging. And I mean, that's kind of true to life. I mean, that's the kind of man he is. You know, he's the kind of dude that'll do that. And and you know, I, to me, I get the appeal of Hulk Hogan. I get the appeal, but I've never been. I've never been a fan. I've never ever been a fan. And I, I guess I can always see through. I can always see through his BS. You know, he, as a kid, I could always see through his BS. I was more of I was more part of the of the madness than I was a Hulkamaniac.
1: You were part of the madness. You were part of the you were part of like the, the madness side of the major powers. Or yeah. Were, yeah. <laughs> Did I, yeah, 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 yeah. Hulk Hogan, you see Hulk Hogan. I am the cream, and the cream always rests to the top. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> that's probably the most, like the first of many like different people we're gonna spoof on this show so
2: mm.
1: you know that was it was a little far-fetched and then when connor can wait until connor gets back to talk about the band one but we're waiting for that one let me talk about the other music related apparently mm-hmm. before elvis presley died he was a Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. fan, but the thing is, Hulk, he <laughs> died two years before he yeah, got did. to Memphis. <laughs> I mean,
3: the BS that this guy would spit out of his mouth. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, the guy, the guy, Elvis was dead long, long before he decided to say, okay, you know. I mean, it's nuts because if you do your, if you look back and do your research. I mean, it's blatant that Hulk Hogan is lying his ass off. I mean, it is totally, it's totally obvious that he is. And it, I mean, it's lies on top of lies on top of lies on top of lies to the point to where you don't know when the man's telling the truth at all. And to me, I, I've always felt like he's always lying. He lies to me anytime he opens his mouth. That's just my opinion. I, I've never been the type of person that will take anything that he says to, to heart because he's a known liar. A, a known liar.
1: Well, he is a wrestler, you know, and what they say about those old-school wrestlers like that, they're a bunch of carnies. But there's also a time where you need to switch that off, you know, and just be Terry, don't be, you know, Hulk Hogan. Right. I think at, the, I think at this point in his life, like, I'm there's something like, new, like, he's done, like, a whole bunch of recent podcasts lately. Like, mm-hmm. and he's, and, like, he just seems like he's out of it, like, even worse than he was, you know, with you know a few years ago like he feels like i think he's like losing his mind a little bit
3: i think he lost it a long time ago but that's just my opinion <laughs>
1: Fair. <laughs> all right all right connor ready for some trivia
0: yeah it's, uh, i love, I love all trivia. all right
1: so what famous band did hulk hogan apparently try out for
0: <laughs> oh no, he put out for a band i didn't know that
1: yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna
0: <laughs> guess the Jackson 5 <laughs> I don't know That's <laughs> hell of a guess
1: <laughs> What do you guess though
0: <laughs> I mean, Could you imagine a little Hulk Hogan with the Jackson 5 Oh my god, oh god.
1: Well, well Mr. Hogan uh, In clubs and In other bars they would go to Like He would jump up on stage with like smaller bar bands And he mm-hmm. could pretty much play a good guitar
3: yeah, he can play and, guitar. He's yeah, not but, bad at guitar. That's the truth.
1: That yeah, is the truth, Mister Jacobs. Do you want to tell our friend and our wonderful listeners what band apparently Hogan tried out for? That was complete bullshit.
3: <laughs> All right. So according to Hulk Hogan himself, he tried out for Metallica.
0: <laughs> no, not we did not try for no Metallica. Yes, <laughs> no, he, no he
3: did. I mean, no, no, he didn't, but
0: <laughs> he didn't. That's what he. That's what he told people. Ain't no way. <laughs> Anything's possible, but I don't know about that. That's what.
1: Well, that's. The funny yeah. thing is, like, um, Lars. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, guys. Uh, Lars even, like, debunked it was like, dude, we don't even know Hulk Hogan. we right. <laughs> never met him. But we've never <laughs> met Hogan and never had him try out to be a bass player.
0: <laughs> that just, after a while, you'd get embarrassed by doing that, I feel like. The Jackson
1: Hogan. The
0: Jackson Hogan.
1: Jackson Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. It's just it's just crazy um to think like I get your good because I've heard some of his guitar licks. Like I get you're a good guitar player, but you're not on Metallica level, okay, bro? Sorry No, he's not there. Sorry to burst your brother, you know, you know, their brother, but uh you're not good enough for the Metallica.
3: And the truth is, is that before he started wrestling, like right before he started wrestling, he was actually in a band in Florida. They would go, they would go to different clubs in Florida and play, but he was, he was, he never reached like Metallica, kind of, you know, the, yeah. that level. He never, he never got there. But he was kind of, he was, he was like in a band that would go to, just traveling different clubs and just playing. You know, that that was it. I forget the name of the band. Some there's something experience, something like that. But something. but yeah, he was like in a low level kind of like a Raj band, I guess you can say.
0: Well I'm since guessing, we're, yeah, good. I'm guessing that uh, Willie Nelson told him That's... that he was better than Metallica. <laughs> probably.
3: Probably <laughs> he'll probably say that.
1: that one is, well, since we're on the topic of music, let's talk about Hogan's album. And oh, a particular God. song. On the album dedicated to the little Hulkamaniac that the song was written about how he gave this kid a ticket to go to SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium, but
2: was died. Hulkster
3: 90. in heaven.
1: Yeah, Hulkster in Heaven.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and apparently
1: all the proceeds for that song for that boy that went to apparently went to SummerSlam at Wembley to watch Hulk Hogan wrestle. All the proceeds of that of that song went to Apparently, they Hogan's, can't
3: Hogan's pockets.
1: They. <laughs> they went to Hogan's pockets. <laughs> so, that's, there's the lie there. And the second greatest part about that, though, is that Hogan himself was not on the Wembley Stadium card. In some no, reason. he was not. He was, he was not, not there.
0: <laughs> so,
1: that poor kid.
0: Um, why did he. Even, it doesn't really makes sense. Why, why would you tell someone that you're going to be there and then. <laughs> Lies on top of lies.
3: Yeah, and, and the thing is, the jury's still out if the kid actually existed. I I don't even know if the kid actually existed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't. Knowing Hulk Hogan, he probably didn't exist in the first well, place. Jim
1: Cornette confirmed that the kid actually was real and that he did go to Wembley. And okay. that he died right after uh, Wembley Stadium. So the kid okay. was real, but the whole, like... Ho- like, the so. whole song to go with it was just to get publicity on Hogan's um, wonderful music selection.
3: Jeez, Hulk Hogan just bought his... Hulk Hogan bought his ticket to hell. <laughs> it's
1: like, so it was
0: basically like Make-A-Wish type thing.
1: I think of. it was actually Make-A-Wish that was yeah. part of it, yeah.
0: So he just told him that he was going to be
1: here Then he didn't show up. So... <laughs> it's, it's, wow.
0: Uh, Never meet your heroes they say. <laughs> right?
1: Right? <laughs> Well, I got a lie that it wasn't Hulk Hogan's fault on this one. It was Vince McMahon's fault. So, <laughs> of course. Well, and then of again, there was no, there was no, you know, think about it. there was no like internet back then. But right. Hogan being the first person to slam Andre the Giant, which that was a complete
3: bunch of bullshit. that was a lie. I know for a fact, because I know that uh, Big John Studd, he's, he, power, he uh, power slammed him. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts did as well.
3: Yeah.
0: He was just the first person
1: think. that uh,
0: showed that data.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They
3: wanted to, to make a big wrestling. deal out of it.
1: Well, think about it. You had to have that good, big finish at WrestleMania. And then, hmm. to make matters even worse, <laughs> Hogan would say he would tear almost every ligament in his back. Then, how the heck are you still walking, bro?
3: Exactly. <laughs> There'll be no way there be no way he'll be walking if that was true. No way. In,
1: I mean No <laughs> the,
3: the lies, man. So the hilarious, lies, man. <laughs> I mean Okay. Now let's say that it was true. How the hell could he pull off doing el- uh, leg drops after that?
0: You wouldn't right. even exactly. do. exactly At least I would Maybe the enemy. I don't know. Community I got to yeah. Good. I mean, I know Andre the Giant, but didn't in the Andre the Giant documentary, he said that Andre had to, had to lift his body up so Hulk Hogan wouldn't be able to slam him. Like, he didn't actually pick him up. Full yeah. Full yeah, so Andre. Yeah, Andre
3: he, he, he hopped. He did a little hop. and That's what kind of got him over.
1: Yeah. See, Andre was, that was one thing that Andre did well. Even uh, Jake the Snake even mentioned that. Um, they were wrestling. I believe I can't remember what territory it was, but they were wrestling. And Andre goes, "All right, body slam." He's like, "What?" Yeah. And as soon as before he could do that, freaking Andre just like, just like, wit scooped up right into his arms, like, and <laughs> bam! Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it, it's crazy. It's, like, it's I love WWE because it's like, just think about it. Every time you watch that, then, now, forever, you'll always. That's it. the first thing you see.
0: Yeah. You'll, yeah. You'll always. See yeah. You know? <laughs> All based on a lie.
1: All based on a lie. Why, Vince? Why? Why would you lie to us?
0: Kind of like the same thing with Yokozuna. Like they said, like Slaughter did it, but actually, Ahmed Johnson did it mm-hmm. for Slam Yokozuna. Yeah. Ugh.
1: He was a very interesting cat for sure. Yeah, you that's know, like, or he is. He still is an interesting cat because he's still alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still. You know, and then one thing that kind of really, I guess, ticked me off. Right. There was two of the greatest wrestlers in the profession, you know, in WWE during that time frame, right? You had Roddy, you know, you had Hot Rod, you mm-hmm. know, Roddy Piper, and then you had Bret Hart. Yeah. And, see, Hogan was friends with both these guys until Vince said, hey, we're, we're going to put the strap on you. Hogan was so jealous. See, he... A lot of people to talk positive about him, unless you were in the championship picture with Hogan, and then he went from being your best friend to, "Hey man, how do you feel about this spot?" To, you know, like just cold shouldering, and then once he would take the belt from you, he would be your friend.
0: Right, like Bash at the Beach 2000. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But I, I bet there's a lot of moments like that that he had that we, that we probably don't even know about. A lot of stuff that happened that we, yeah, don't even know.
1: Well, and he refused to drop the title to Hot Rod because, Hot, because Roddy Piper wanted to hold the belt for a little longer. He didn't want to drop it right back the next night.
0: No one would blame him either. I know so, the episode's about Hogan, but honestly, in ring, character-wise, Piper was just a little bit more better.
3: I, I agree with that. I think Piper would always had; he was always better on the mic. I think, uh, and Piper, always, uh, to me, he was a, he was a bigger character than Hulk Hogan because of the fact that he was he was he had more dimensions to him. You know, yes. Piper had more dimensions to him. He was he was he wasn't just you know just a one dimensional character. He had many layers to him, which is interesting. And, and Hogan, he was just. You know, this one-dimensional character. He that's you know, he was all about you know saying the prayers, taking the vitamins and all that stuff. I mean, it, that that was it. You, you know, there was no any other layers. But with Piper, I mean, you had you had layers of anger, you had layers of jealousy, you had layers of of you know you know desperation trying to get trying to of, of like if you if you were watch if you would go back and watch Piper's matches, his character was always The type that was, you know, desperate to win. He would go to any lengths to win, you know, whether it be, you know, you know, getting a chair or, you know, causing any, you know, any kind of way to, to to get an upper hand. He would do so, and like like I said, I mean, he had like so many other layers to that one character, which is why I've I've always thought that Piper was a better character.
1: No, and you're absolutely right you know, he had, of course, Piper's pit was always entertaining. Yeah. But the lengths he would go to either win or to embarrass his opponent, like it wasn't just, oh, I'm a heel. I'm coming out here to defeat you. I'm here right. I'm here to get revenge and payback. Uh Davis, uh thank you so much for commenting. Uh agree with your statement. So thank you so much. I uh, appreciate it, uh Davis. And yeah, Mr. Jacobs, like you really hit on the nail with that one. There's a really good um, thank you, thank you. inside. The, what's up? Get out there for a second. What's Mr. Jacobs?
3: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say with Bret Hart, you know, looking at you know, there's a really great inside the ropes um, shoot interview that he did just recently, talking about Hogan, and basically saying, like, like I was saying, he would basically he was Bret's friend. He would consider Hogan to be one of his best friends. They toured together. You know, he was, you know, his dad, you know, um, Hogan's dad was a huge Bret Hart fan. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And then out of the blue, he would need to go off do his movies. So they put the strap on Brett. Yeah. And Brett would see him in the hallway. He'd go up and try to talk to him, stick out his hand and say, hey, welcome back. And Hogan just gave him the cold shoulder and walked off.
3: That's not surprising at all.
1: Okay. And then Vince would say, hey, um, you're dropping the strap to Hogan. He's like, and Brett was okay with playing second fill to Hogan because he knew what Hogan meant to the business.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So he would drop the belt, and then Hogan was his friend again. So yeah, yeah, you know, brother, you know, so everything so much. You know, I know that you know, I'm promoting the movie. This is going to be really big help, right? And then mm-hmm. Hogan would not return the favor. Vince tried. He, he wanted Hogan to tap out to the sharpshooter. Vince would tell. Brett, hey, this is the plan. Okay, they would fly out for the pay per view. Then he would get say, "Hey, Vince wants to see you in my office. Go see Vince." He's like, "Yep, you're uh, you're you're losing to a lay drop tonight." And
3: now, see, it's not it's it's not surprising because of the fact that you know Hogan always had to get his way. He always had to get his way, no matter what. You know, he can, and that goes for WWF, WCW. He always had to get his way. He always had to find his way back to that title in some kind of way. And that pissed me off every single time that he did that.
1: Like, you, people always get mad on modern wrestling and how some of the wrestlers in both major companies um, get championship belts. But think about it, How many times did people lose to Hogan out of nowhere to get that belt?
0: Exactly. How was uh, I was watching the Yokozuna documentary on Peacock, and that was a little stupid. Like, that was this big moment, okay, WrestleMania. He beats uh, Bret Hart, and then Hulk Hogan has to come in. the. Mo- of course, he won it back, but mm-hmm. still, that was a big moment for because Yokozuna's family was there, the whole Samoan family. And yeah. He wins it for a few minutes, and then... Loses it. But it's all about Hogan. I think at that time, he fixing to leave. leaves. And they wanted him um, to have the belt one last time, but Yeah.
1: They should just let him go without the belt. Yeah. Well you're already getting paid, you already have in your contract creative control. Like, you know, you're just gonna go off to WCW anyways. At that point they and get his own it.
3: control there too. So I mean, like, I don't see the big deal in him with him not having the belt and going to WCW. I didn't see the big I didn't see the big deal because he was gonna give whatever the hell he wanted in WCW anyway. You know, so you know, I, I don't know. It's it just like his, it. his, yeah. his
1: greed. It wasn't like he was going to do what Medusa did, you know, win the championship and then throw it in the trash. Right. It's like it's like if you're so afraid of him, le- like how he's leaving you and portraying the next company, like then just don't give him the belt at all. Just don't give him the belt. It's, let him go. You know, you guys leave him on good terms, and if he comes back, he comes back.
0: Right. I, gotta I agree. Doing a few movies and. Cause yeah, th- that's when he was done with wrestling because they were kind of moving on because they had like On models and Bret Hart.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think at that time that's when he started doing Thunder in Paradise around that
0: yeah, shortly after because they filmed it in Florida. So, he yeah, and all that all came uh Let's
1: see, he did, I think. See. see, he did that. He was uh um, in Rocky, yeah, he the Holds Barred. Mr. Nanny. Nanny. Mr. Nanny yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is I have not seen any of Hulk Hogan's movies. You're
3: not, not, not you're not missing out. I'm not missing out.
1: You're not on No, no Hulk's Bart.
3: I mean, No hulks Bart's a cool movie, but it it, it would have been cool with anybody in it.
0: I mean I should, it, it's still no. a cool movie. I went to this is uh, kind of a side so I went to Chris's house and we watched this VHS of uh, the Hulk Hogan movie. I can't remember what the movie was called. Uh you know, if you go online, you can't you can't find it. But it was a very uh, confusing movie. Uh, it basically like his wrestling matches. Yeah. They did really, <laughs> nice. It it was. Uh, I can't remember what that movie was called, but probably 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 the reason you can't find it is because it wasn't good. So right, good.
1: <laughs> well, here's a good segue. And since we're talking about before he you know leaves, and here's kind of a you know, a, uh, a teaser for next week's Vince McMahon episode. So this is kind of where Vince and Hogan were kind of screwing over some of their, their top talent. Okay. And this is kind of where you kind of start seeing talent on their own getting over. That wasn't just Vince McMahon's idea, right? Yeah. You had Jake, the snake Roberts. Okay. He would go out He was going to have a championship run with the Hulkster. Okay. Same, he has had the worst of luck with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. He would go out and he would DDT Hulk Hogan on the concrete, right? With would DDT yeah. him. And he would walk backstage and say, okay, we're just waiting for Hulk Hogan to get up, rip his shirt, and move on. Well, while mm-hmm. Hogan was ripping his shirt, you know, getting up after the DDT, people were chanting DDT, DDT, yeah. and chanting Jake the Snake Roberts. So as soon as that happened, Vince was like. No, nope, sorry. We're, we're, we're stopping your push because you went up against our, our golden goose.
3: <laughs> wow. I mean, listen. To, I mean, get this logic. Get this logic. Oh, the fans like you too much. We're going to stop your push. Huh? What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, you're, you're getting over with the fans. We're going to stop your push right now because you're not going to be bigger than our top star.
1: Yes, so... It, it just baffles me because if okay. you look at Jake – and the thing is Jake didn't – I know Jake didn't need a championship, mm-hmm. but, dude, Jake deserved a championship.
0: I agree. He, a he deserved, deserved that 10-pound 10 10 so you Does anyone know that story, The Ultimate Warrior? He was supposed to – the the two biggest guys in the company didn't want him to win the title. He probably <laughs> would have been world champion if it wasn't for them too. Like, well, you know what happened with Ultimate Warrior.
1: Yeah, yeah. he did the same thing. Yeah,
0: but basically. Yeah. Just a
1: little more crazier.
0: Yeah. Right, <laughs> Alpha Warrior. The very next night, I remember that person said, "Get the hell out of my building." <laughs> I could just I imagine him that. that, his voice back down, "Take your shit and get the hell out of here." <laughs> it, it's 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 sad to say that because
1: Jake was like almost the same thing with, with Hot Rod. Jake mm-hmm. had many layers to his character, and right. fans were seeing that even though he was a heel. Fans were still behind him. He was you know, he had he would get real heat. But the other spots of the country, fans would be right behind him because he was real. He wasn't, you know, like like we were like you were saying, he wasn't preaching, take your vitamins and drink your milk. You know, he was saying that children, you know, if you don't don't go to sleep and do what your kids tell you, I will slither into your bedroom and give you a DDT.
3: Yeah man, I mean Jake the Snake, man, that's a character right there to me. Like when you talk about when you talk about a character that embodied the wrestling business, that epitomized it, that's Jake the Snake. Yes. I mean, hands down.
1: Well, Ariana asked, this is just a fun question for us to before we move on to our next portion of Hogan's Lies here to give Mr. Jacobs something more fun to talk about. Was the snake more over than Jake?
3: That's a good question. I know Damien was pretty over though, man. Damien was over. I mean, to me, that was like the coolest part to Jake the Snake was Damien, you know. But I mean, to say that Damien was more over than Jake, I mean, I think they were both pretty over, you know, equally. Yeah. You know,
1: because think about it.
0: Was the Snake's name Damien? Yeah.
3: Yeah, Damien.
0: Was that the Snake that was in (laughs) AEW? Probably those years.
3: I mean, reptiles have a can, they can live a long time, but I'm pretty sure that was a different Damien.
1: Yeah, I just love the video of like him biting Macho Man.
3: Oh man, I remember that. I remember yeah, watching yeah. that as a kid, man. <laughs> uh, that was like one of the things that got me right there. Like that's one of the images that still sticks in my head from when I was a kid was Damien biting Randy Savage, and you know the blood that came out when he was biting them and you could see him just gnawing away at his arm. It was just like, Oh my God. And that's probably one of the, one of the first visceral moments of, of, of wrestling that I remember watching as a kid that was like so visceral and so impactful that I, you know, it's burned into my brain.
1: I just love the whole, like the whole macho man impersonation from Jake, where he's like, is that snake fixed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get poisoned. <laughs> Just love it. Jake's like, of course you dumbass. It's like, of course it's been fixed.
3: Yeah, they defanged them. I took I took the poison glands out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, like there, there was a lot of egos. I love like how people are always. Talking about how egos today in wrestling are like so out of control, but I'm like, you had you literally had like worse egos
3: in the 80s
1: eighties and 90s, that early yeah. 2000s where people had too much control,
3: right? Before the world got PC,
1: <laughs> right. you know, we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll have a whole rant for Mr. Jacobs at the end of the video for Hogan. Being not so PC. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man, it's – oh, man, Hogan is a very interesting cat. Like, it's 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 funny to – here are some of his things that he thinks, right? And apparently, did you know the, Hulk, uh, the Hulkster can change time? <laughs> did you know that he wrestled oh, for 400 man. days a year?
0: Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> it was not days a year. Exactly.
1: So, <laughs> so Hogan wrote in his book – this is the, the the one from WWE too. This is the WWE biography, right? Or autobiography. Hogan <laughs> would say because he would fly back and forth from Japan would men in the Tokyo Dome and then fly back and you know minivate, you know on you know on, on WWF, right? Yeah. That he would wrestle 400 days a year because of the time difference.
0: And I guess I
3: mean, the hardest uh, working man in the business, working 400 but, days a year.
1: But he would lose time, though, because all the times he would fly to Japan, then too. So it kind of yeah. happens itself out. But apparently, he believed in that so much. He, he literally could basically convert. he has his own time schedule and wrestled 400 <laughs> days a year. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> he is
3: something else, man.
1: But then he would go back on that comment, right? In a recent interview he did. I think it was with one of the Logan, with one of the Paul brothers, but he would say, "Well, I meant that because I was wrestling like three or four times a day on some parts. I would fly to the Tokyo Dome, brother, and then I would go, you know, to fl- you know, I'd go, you know, all the way down, you know, to
2: the Superdome,
1: and I would wrestle <laughs> like one go do L- a Wwf show, and I'm like, it doesn't count if it's all. I get you wrestled three times a day. That's crazy that you had to do that, but yeah." You were not wrestling 400 days a year, bro. It's
0: impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. That is literally impossible. <laughs> you sure know, counting total matches. I don't know. Like you have to be combining all your matches. I don't. Whoever gave us the whole cold math? How he came up with that? I don't know how he came up with 400 days a year when he's not in 400 days in a year. You're off by. Uh, oh God. Fifty or three hundred sixty-five days in a year.
3: I mean the 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 math and the logic on that guy, it's just I'll, incredible.
0: I'm just counting like all the matches he did, and then combining all the hours of all the matches, and then combine them into one time. Then they're all over twenty-four hours, and then he gets somehow four hundred days. I don't know.
1: Well, if you think about it, it's it's like starter math, but but
0: you know. Yeah. But worse. That's just stu- stupid stupid <laughs> math. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's stupid yeah. math. I agree, Connor. <laughs> it makes sense. I don't I'd love to know more about this like interview someone like Jim someone like Jim Cornette or someone that was close in like get their response to stuff like this because Jim Cornette's uh personal like your experience and stuff like that would be hilarious. No, and there's
1: like there's like uh there's there's shoot interviews about that. Yeah. Um like cornet even addressed that, and he like when they were reading the list because so the, it was the first time he had heard the list of lies, right? They're asking, you know, how much is this true? How much is this not right? And Hogan, is, as soon as uh, as soon as he heard the Hogan 400 days story, he just like he completely lost it. <laughs> so I'll I'll send, I'll, send, I'll, send, I'll send you the link because like I said, I'm I I have my opinions on Jim Cornette but this was a good insight on. The lies of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It,
0: so that's the yeah really one thing I can't wrap my head around this episode. How in the hell do you get four hundred <laughs> days out of three hundred sixty-five days a year? I <laughs> don't. It's sense. called
1: steroids and taking chair shots, bro.
0: Right. He takes his vitamins. take take his vitamins. He's <laughs> <Take his
1: vitamins. laughs> shooting alleged, up his vitamins. Since we're talking a little bit on the steroids aspect. Apparently Hogan would say he would do steroids three times in his life.
0: Oh bull. <laughs> he did his entire life. <laughs>
1: it was oh, like right because I think it was like right before he went to WCW, you started seeing like more of a leaner Hogan. And as soon as of course he went to WCW, that's when you saw a more um, natural physique. Yeah. A little more
3: natural. I mean- and that's, and that was probably one of the one of the biggest lies he's ever told was that he wasn't a steroid abuser. I mean, come on now, his freaking veins had muscles. You could tell the dude was taking steroids. Dude. I mean,
1: he had muscles you know, on his veins and veins on his muscles.
3: Exactly. I exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And it's just it's just crazy to, like, to think that. And it's also wild to me, right, that. This is another kind of um, discrepancy in his WCW career. But um, apparently on there's times where he said it was his idea and Eric Bischoff's to turn heel, right? Mm. Okay. And then others said that he didn't want to turn heel and that Eric Bischoff went to Ted Turner with the idea, and Ted Turner loved it so much. So I'm not sure who was lying at that point, but right. But that was, like, one of the best things to happened to Hogan. Like, it was it was one of the best things that he did, you know, for a while until, you know, Bash to the Beach, pretty much.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of question everything Hogan said at this point. Like yeah, you have to question happen? everything.
1: You know, and looking um, back, uh, that's why I'm curious to read his book. I might have to go buy his book now. Because apparently Eric Bischoff, like, in his in his – um, his his new book that he just put out, like, I think last year or sometime this or early this year, but he even like noted like some of the things that Hulk Hogan did. That's like, hey, I had nothing to do with this. Mm. But then again, you know, um, where is the lie?
3: Exactly, because I mean, at this point, you don't know who's telling the truth or who's lying. I mean, uh, t- I, per- I personally, I feel like it, the whole Hollywood Hogan angle. I think personally, I feel like they both came up with that. Like they, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, you know, a, a, a contribution on both hands. To me,
1: <coughs> it's 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 just crazy to think that. And then this is when you would start noticing more of Hogan's power and how much control he had backstage. The infamous oh, finger poke of doom. Oh boy. <laughs> But, uh, oh, my
0: gosh. You talk about a power Moore, play. And Kevin Nash, to this day, still defends that. Like, he still defends that. Yeah,
3: that, he does.
0: That, yeah, he does. I'd it's be a fan of But
1: looking at it, right, so rumor has it he sabotaged Chris Jericho's career. He sab- well, tried yeah. to. Uh, try sabotaging, you know, Pillman. Ray Mysterio, there's a lot like a few of the wrestlers that you showed in the intro.
3: Booker T, yeah.
1: Booker T, especially Book, Booker T. Booker why don't T you why don't you go into yeah. detail about Booker T? Like, so what? why was he so against Booker T?
3: I mean, personally, I think I think that Hulk Hogan was kind of threatened by Booker T as far as a a performer and and the an in ring talent. I felt I feel like. Like, uh, Booker T, like, he had the fear, like, Booker T was going to, was going to, you know, outshine him, which he did. And, and, uh, th- I mean, to me, that's, that's what I always thought. Like, he, he was always threatened by Booker T's skills.
1: You know, looking at it, Booker T was that, after, you know, after, especially after Harlem Heat, once he started becoming more of a singles competitor, it almost felt like he was that, that brand new racehorse that was stronger, better, faster. Yeah. And was starting to get more over than Hogan and the NWO.
3: True.
0: I don't really agree with uh Truth, still a lot, but I really think that he was trying to change W around a little bit. Uh during the Batch the Beach 2000 Like he wanted uh you 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 guys have probably seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode about that. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit on it here. That yeah. uh, Hogan was not supposed to win. Jeff Jarrett was supposed to win. They made Hogan look – they made him look more over than the person going to win. But it's kind of what we talked about earlier, that they had ha- had the plan ready. Then the very next day, he he refuses to do the match. Uh, he's not going to win. Yeah. Uh,
3: he pulls that creative control card.
0: And then, like, he's one to the push guys, like, uh, I think that same night Booker T won the world title. He wanted guys like Booker T, someone different, to give a shot. But to Hogan, yeah. it was Hogan's way or no way. Well, I right. think that's
1: kind of still an issue with the modern WWF, WWE system right now. Because, see, but you still have that one guy that's, been, even with John Cena and Stone Cold era, you know, it all started really with, well, probably started with Bob Backlund. Yeah, um, but Hogan was that first like big baby face name that it feels like everybody fault like all of your big champions following Hogan were that's that essential that golden goose, that they were always had the title on them or in the title picture
4: right. and
1: would like it not hot potato, but it would basically be every big thing happened around those few guys and it's something against WWF because it's, WWE is it still works because people are still invested in Roman Reigns. A lot of people loved or hated John Cena. You know with you know Stone Cold. Everybody still talks about Stone Cold to this day. So yeah, you know Hogan really had to be the center of face no matter what company he was in. He had to be the main guy. And do you think some of it was Vince's fault? for giving him so much power and and Eric Bischoff for giving him so much leeway and power. Do they really think he was, I don't think he was one of the biggest draws of all of wrestling, but do you think that this could have been prevented?
0: I think when he signed, he signed in 1995. I think he had, he he had already had that. So they brought Vince Russo in in what, 1999, 2000, when they brought him in. Yeah. So he's stuck with it. So he didn't have a choice. Is he came from right, WWE, yeah. cooked him there. So he's stuck with him. Like I, I, like, I always wondered if Hogan didn't have the power he had, if Vince Russo would have been able to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Of course, some of the things he did was kind of stupid. Having a wrestling match in a swimming pool. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Vince Russo had some of an idea of what... I, I don't know. It, it, it's a blame game on the WWE side, but uh, more people have more of a am than others.
3: I, I think that, I mean, personally, I feel like they created a monster when it came to Hulk Hogan, they created a monster, <laughs> you know, Damn. because they, he can only have, he can only have as much power as they give him, And they pushed him to the moon and they create, they created a monster, you know, that to me, and, and to the point to where Hulk Hogan actually started to believe his own BS. And, Every chance he had, he would pull that creative control card. Every chance he got, and like I mean, like I said, I feel like Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, they created they created this monster.
0: Yeah, I guess there was was other ones, Create Power too, Yeah, yeah. um, Really, like
1: the main core of NWO, they had. I think they had too much power.
0: Oh, way too much, and the people who who are quite that more power than the people who are supposed to have power.
1: Because mm-hmm. wasn't Kevin Nash, like, head booker of WCW at one time? Yeah. yeah.
3: Whenever well, uh, Vince, I think when Russo left, he was he uh, he was on the booking. I believe like, so.
1: You know, kind of looking at it now, I wish I would have addressed it more back in our WCW uh, Rise and Fall episode. But looking back at it now, like I feel like Hogan had a huge part of the failure at WCW.
0: It was uh, it was a bunch of people, you know. Not, but for us, some people have the more to blind than others. That's uh, yeah. uh, how it happens. Uh, some people don't need to be in charge. Some people just need to stay in a wrestler, and that's it. Very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
1: Before we get uh, to our last few subjects here, um, just want to. Big shout out to uh, Ethan. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Ariana, what a mess uh talking about all the <laughs> stuff that happened. Yeah, very yeah. true with Hogan. It's <laughs> crazy what he got away with. And then uh, a new comment from uh Boy Toy. Uh seen us on a seen us on the, C- the Canada Billboard in Montreal. Well, I know I, know I didn't know about that, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, we have a great group Sweet. of Canada guys um, that have a show dropping this Saturday so yeah. uh so yeah so make sure you give our friends up north some love uh, we, we love our, ca- our our canada friends they were also in our intro tonight for it. Uh, great mm-hmm. group of guys we are just like i said so give them some love because they have really cool co- topics just like we do here on talking elite but with more maple syrup
3: right <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, shout out to dusty and everybody up at uh all Elite Zone canada thank you so much guys uh we appreciate you guys in there that you do all right do you guys want to talk about hogan's little hulkster
0: <laughs> which one
1: which, so in
3: two, which one in, are you talking about <laughs> in
1: 2012 the unthinkable would happen wwe would blacklist hulk hogan there's two reasons why and the first one having to do with his little hulkster
3: Oh yeah, the sex tape—the
1: infamous <laughs> sex tape. Oh
3: boy, um, <laughs> now, who
0: was this uh, with? Let's see, I can't remember who, who did he it
1: was. Friend? Bubba the Love
3: Sponge? Uh, Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. Oh gosh! The and, uh, they, they, and they, all, they, they were all—they were all cool with each other. They all was like, "Okay, cool." And I mean, I mean, all right, we're going to get into it now. Now, yes, go. <laughs> let's, go, Mr. Chicken, let's go. Let's go. Let's now, go. Now, okay. Now, Bubba the Love Sponge, his mansion, full of cameras everywhere. Everywhere. Hulk Hogan knew this. And there was a camera in the bedroom. And I mean, I remember after the whole thing happened and he wondered how did it all get out. I mean, <laughs> there's only one person that has access to the security system in that house, and that's Bubba the Love Sponge. So to me, I felt like Bubba was the, was the one who put that all out. Now, well, you know him sleeping with Bubba's wife and all that stuff. I mean, that was it. That's what they're cool with. That's them. But what happened during the sex tape? Whenever Brooke called Hogan, and Hogan proceeded to spit out racial slurs, and. I mean, that's just like, you know, throwing gas from the fire, you know, you're you know <laughs> and and the, the whole apology tour that it that it that happened afterwards, like to me personally, I felt like he was just sorry because he got caught caught up in it all. He was you know, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't apologize either the way. He, he apologized because he, he got caught up.
0: Now, who did he sleep with who is what is this person's
3: name? Bubba the Love Sponge. He was a radio personality or radio DJ. Yeah, he, he was in TNA for a while. The uh, uh Bubba Loves was the, little, the little chubby dude that would hang around Hulk Hogan from time to time.
0: He slept with the Bubba Army.
3: He slept with, he slept with his wife.
0: Oh, a, Damn! By
3: the and Bubba gave permission to. Yeah, that's is pretty good,
0: man. And then Brooke Hogan found out
3: told that. Uh, Brooke Hogan called while Hogan was in the middle of the session uh, with yeah. Bubba the his wife. So that's how that all came out. And it was all in that the sex tape.
0: Why would you pick up the phone?
3: <laughs> I mean, like, I, mean uh, I, I couldn't answer that for you. I'd I, I let it ring if I was in the middle of, you know, helping the business, but that's just me.
1: <sighs> yeah, I feel like that would ruin the moment. And then, yeah, you kind <laughs> of, re- you really should have ruined your career. But as we look, people in power can pretty much get away with anything. Yeah, and people will believe every word they say. Apparently, you look. I mean, it,
3: it, it, it was just so silly. I mean, he's like, it's, it, the whole thing is stupid. He's like, all right, he's like, okay, let me go ahead and derail my career right quick. I'm gonna go ahead and, you know,
1: it won't derail it. I'll be back. <laughs> Hoaxer always comes back, brother. <laughs> and he came back at WrestleMania and everything was all fine and dandy. You know, no, it was funny. a sea
3: of booze when he came back. I remember <laughs> that. They were all booing that the hell out. That was
1: not a of sea of booze. That was all. You Dude, good man. Good Dude, man. But
3: you you can hear that nothing that but booze hard. when he came out. They're
0: like, boo. I
1: thought it was boo, yay. Yeah, yeah. And then they <laughs> packed in
0: the A's. Even Titus O'Neil.
1: Oh God! Yeah.
3: And nobody, nobody liked Titus O'Neil in the first place, but then Hogan stepped out with him, and the whole <laughs> place erupted in booze. It was nuts. I mean, it was.
1: Well, luckily, you know, Titus went for a slide, in, uh you know, in Saudi Arabia to get his, you know, to get his love no. back. From him.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love to praise of Titus O'Neil, but I'll never. He's not as nice as you think he is on camera. Have I told you told Mr. Jason's story that haven't Go ahead, tell it. it. We're the Titus story. It's
1: a mini cell uh, right now.
0: I went to uh, WWE WrestleMania uh, Access in Orlando last time they were in Orlando for WrestleMania when uh, Brock and Goldberg. Uh, they had a access time where you can meet people, and me, and my uncle went, and my uncle's handicapped. So he goes mm-hmm. into the assess the uh accessibility you know the what we'll I'm talking about, the cabal yeah. Well, mm-hmm. uh they had the general people and they had the uh panic people with disabilities mm-hmm. line. Uh mm-hmm. then every so often they had them come down to where people who were in wheelchairs couldn't necessarily get up on stage to meet whoever because they can't and they can't walk. Uh, yeah and then when it was time for Neal to come down he said do i really have to i mean i really don't want to go down everyone heard him and then some people walked away but we couldn't leave because we were first in line i was just ready to get out of line but we couldn't because and then just throws a half ass smile and then probably one of the worst autographs you ever wouldn't even out. it was Jeez. very i mean you see him on like all this like the promotional community stuff for the wwe but no, not not to say yeah, it wasn't having a bad day but I've heard some other people say some similar things but it's kind of a his,
3: dick move though
0: he's not everyone heard him like a hundred twenty like a hundred people heard him say that jeez <laughs> he, well, It's weird'
1: because isn't he like in charge of the BSR star
0: campaign or yeah, to stop yeah. The he's Lord
3: an ambassador him? also
0: yeah yeah he so, he doesn't belong in he's a well not an ambassador he's in I'm not going to say it.
3: You're good. Uh, Wow, Tyus is a dick. Who knew that?
1: He puts the ass in the bastard.
0: And then uh, (laughs) R-Truth actually heard him say it, and R-Truth kind of shook his head. I completely said it.
2: Jeez. (laughs) You're
1: good. Well, there is one more infamous moment in Hulk Hogan's life. Uh, That's worse than the sex tape. Not as bad as racial slurs. Racial slurs is kind of up there. That's probably the worst thing he's done. Yeah. But to go against the person that made you the biggest name in wrestling Mm. and testify against Vincent McKenney McMahon during the steroid trial, (laughs) he would be on the defense and try to get his former boss sent to jail.
3: That that was so messed up because – I mean, the dude. I mean, Hulk Hogan was taking the same steroids that Vince was taking, and I mean, let's be honest, Vince. He never said no to the steroids. He, he never, he, he never said yes to steroids, but at the same time, he never said no either. True. You know, he never. You know, he was. He, he was never like, don't go doing that. You know, he never stopped you. You know. Yeah. So it, it's it, it was very it was very hypocritical to me. Of, of hogan to do any of that so hypocritical
1: it's, it's just crazy you know so just to think about that and where people's biggest hero a lot of us knew that he was on steroids but a lot of people didn't want to believe it and were very you know hysterical about it so we'll talk more next week on the Vincent Kenny McMahon season finale of Dark Side of the Allied Zone. Mm. We'll talk more in depth on the steroid trial and everything that the Vincent Kenny McMahon has done to hurt the wrestling business. I mean sports entertainment. Right. So,
3: <laughs> Get it boom.
0: right. Ah,
1: it, it's good shit. Pal. So yeah, like so that's that's going to be it for Talking Elite tonight on Dark Side of Hulk Hogan. I want to say a special thanks to Mr. Jacobs and Connor for coming on tonight. Uh, this was a lot of fun, guys. I had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun with this podcast.
3: Yeah, it's been a blast.
1: Like This one was probably one of my favorites. Um, so if you guys like this episode, make sure you guys like, comment, uh, share down below if you guys are, haven't already. I uh, hit the bell to get notified of all of our shows that we do. So it's like I said, this has been a very fun one. Uh, if you haven't seen our other episodes, go back and watch all the way from our Chris Candido <laughs> and mm. sunny episode to mm. the million dollar family. And then now Hulk Hogan, the dark side and the last week's episode, another one of my favorites. We talked a lot about the attitude era. So I feel like, this has been one of the best series we've done. So thank you guys so much for making a very important um, topic of all of us uh, for everything. Um, hopefully Adam will be back soon. Uh, we're, we're still loving on him, still reaching out to him and making sure he knows that y'all miss him, we miss him. So uh, thank you, Eric. you always have a place here. He always has a place. Thank you for, so much for caring about him. Um, but at this time, we are giving him his privacy, and if he does come back, uh, of course, we'll announce it, and we'll welcome back with arms wide open.
0: Or maybe we'll stay that for a surprise. We're not going to let anyone know. We're not going to give yeah. all our secrets out. Yeah, that's right.
1: true.
3: <laughs>
1: so, thank you guys uh, so much for coming out. Uh, Connor, Mister Jacobs, is there any announcements you guys want to make before we sign off tonight?
3: Okay, hey, Connor.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, good thing I'm not going to get interrupted this time. Uh, uh, this next, not this Wednesday, but uh, next Wednesday, uh, we are going to be having former WWE star, uh, even when he's not on, uh, next Wednesday, October 4th, we're going to be having former WWE star, former TNA star, the Pope, Elijah Burke. Uh, as of right now, everything's set in stone. Uh, I'm, just because of our past uh, incidents, uh, uh, as always, could be saved and sorry.
3: Uh we're in Canada now.
0: Yeah. Uh Uh, I'm uh,
1: not sure what episode's coming out this Saturday, but uh check out our All Elite Zone Canada crew AEZ this uh coming Saturday. Uh is it twelve centrals when the episode drops?
0: Uh two PM Central and three PM
1: Central.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um I cannot wait uh for the episode. Uh, We'd like to thank everybody so much for making Talking Elite a very special part of our weeks. Uh, Thank you again to Connor and Mr. Jacobs. It was a blast tonight talking and bearing the Hulkster. Um, So if there's nothing else to be said, as our dear friend Adam once said, have a good night.